our Pastors Podcast, You Asked. I'm your host, Pastor Justin, and we're here with Pastor Chris, Pastor Eddie, and Drew McKay, our Director of Student Ministries. Today we'll be discussing uh, questions that were texted in during last Sunday's sermon about first, from 1 Corinthians 12 on spiritual gifts. Pastor Chris, you preached this past Sunday. Could you give us some context before we dive into a specific question? Yeah, we were in 1 Corinthians 12, um, where Paul begins to talk about spiritual gifts, and then he goes from chapter 12, 13, and 14, dealing with the subject. So our goal this Sunday was just kind of to introduce the subject. Uh, we talked about in this passage um, four truths about spiritual gifts. Number one, the definition. Number two, the purpose of them. Number three, the variety. Number four, kind of how to discover uh, those gifts. So um, our, our definition, which may be helpful with... Um, what we had kind of crafted was a spiritual gift is typically an unearned, unmerited talent that is infused, redeemed, and guided by the Holy Spirit to contribute to the church on mission and the mission of the church, so both an internal and external component to that. So that's kind of what we did, and I think some of our questions came from that definition probably a little bit. Yes, and so the question we'll be tackling today, it was texted in, it says, Pastor Chris, you said we should be, quote, open but cautious about the sign gifts. Should we be most cautious about humanly rationalizing the spiritual gifts given by a divine God? This is a very difficult topic for me. Yeah, we, we did also dive into, uh, very shortly, because I uh, just wanted to kind of touch, the, touch on the point of uh, there are definitely some um, some opinions. Let's put it that way. Within, <laughs> within <Putting> it lightly, <laughs> within Christianity, uh, within uh, Protestantism here, that uh, about gifts. You know, are are they still there? Are they not? And so, so I tapped to that a little bit. We talked about the three views quickly. One was the cessationist view, which has kind of two branches. One is some gifts cease, some continue. Another view of sensationism is that all gifts have ceased completely. There are no more spiritual gifts given. They were just for first century when the scripture was being written. The second view is a normative view, which is uh, that the gifts basically not only have all have continued, but they all are to be normative for every local church, meaning that we should have all the gifts working in each particular local church in every generation. Uh, I noted that I believe both those views are inaccurate. I don't think there's any scripture that clearly tells us that what gifts have ceased, if they have, uh, though they could have. Um, and there's no, 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 no passage that tells us that all the gifts are to be operative and working. Uh, even the very list of gifts that Paul gives, like to Ephesians, in Ephesians 4, the Ephesus church, or to Roman, the Roman church in Romans 12, or uh, Peter's list there in 1 Peter 4, all those passages are, they're always kind of different gifts. There's some overlap, but most of them are pretty different. And, uh, I don't think all of them were being practiced in every particular local church. So we came up with the, with the idea, which I mentioned does sort of sound like a cop-out, but it is what it is, and it's the open but cautious view. Um, and this is uh, kind of looking at understanding that, hey, we're open to the fact that we're not limiting the Holy Spirit of God in terms of what gifts he may or may not have given for each generation or even up to our current generation. Uh, they seem to be used, as we talked about in the passage, the word varieties comes up a lot. Um, and there is a sense of change and difference, and there's a, all kinds of different strengths of gifts and gift, different gift mixes. And so, bottom line is that we're to follow the Spirit, and He gifts as He wills, is what it says in 1 Corinthians 12. And so, because of that, we don't want to limit to what He can do, but we definitely need to, whatever gifts are given, are used, need to be done in a biblical way and practiced 
based on the instructions given in the New Testament. So, so the question, I think, uh, kind of gears towards, uh, it's scary, right, for people. When you say open but cautious, it's like it's not a, really a view, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's not a position. Uh, it's kind of you know, hanging out there somewhere like, yeah, we're, we're open to the fact that they can all be happening now. We're also open to the fact that they could, some of them not be working now. Um, but however that, that is, they, they are to be um, cautiously used within Scripture. So I think there's a certain fear people have, especially in more conservative Christianity, about the sign gifts and more than miraculous gifts are usually the issue. And I, and I think uh, because of the definition we talked about there, typically talents that God kind of infuses and redeems and changes, I think there's a danger on two sides of defining gifts. Right? We can, we can naturalize them, over-naturalize them, um, which I think is getting to the question there. Over-naturalizing is that we just give kind of a human explanation for these are just um, common grace gifts that everybody has, and the Christian gets them, and we're just kind of just saying this is just kind of a natural talent. On the other side, we can over-spiritualize and say, like, well, when you get a spiritual gift, it's something that you've never had any ability to do in your entire life, and all of a sudden you become a Christian, and then, bam, the Holy Spirit gives you this incredible gift to use. Now, there are, there are clearly in the in like 1 Corinthians 12, for example, there are definitely gifts like that. There are some, that's why I say typically, they're, typically they're talents uh, that have been redeemed and changed and used for a different purpose now, for God's glory instead of our own. But for um, for some of them, like gift of healing or miracles, that that was probably a miraculous something they didn't have before. That all of a sudden they were given um, when they became Christians. So I think we have to be careful both sides of that. Not over over spiritualizing them to think that they're nothing we've never had. Um, for example, someone has a gift of hospitality. They probably before they became Christians probably cared about people in some capacity. <laughs> probably liked having people over type thing. Uh, God now uses that natural talent, redeems it, changes it, enhances it by the Holy Spirit to use now for a different purpose than what maybe used it before. Same with the gift of teaching. Probably the gift of teaching, a person didn't who gets it probably you know, before they became a Christian you know, they probably weren't mute. They probably could speak and they probably could put two sentences together. They probably had some sort of talent in that that God then uses and changes and redeems and you know, kind of blows up to be used for his purposes. So so I think it's just a danger. Just make sure we're not, we're not over-naturalizing them. We're also not over-spiritualizing them at the same time. Yeah, I liked uh, how you kind of emphasized their redeem and change. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I, I do think that the one of the things we have to be cautious about is sometimes we get this impression that uh, when we get saved, it's like we get unplugged from the Matrix or something, and we can get these skills like hey, uploaded. What's, what's the Matrix? It's a movie. Oh, it's, you're, probably, <laughs> you're probably too old for it. Too old for it. Uh, <laughs> go, go find a blockbuster and rent it. Got it. Got it. Uh, no, but we get this idea of like somehow that when we get saved, and the Holy Spirit like uploads into our brain like these new abilities that we had never had before, kind of like this spiritual gift package that never existed there before. And I think that's contrary to the whole narrative of the gospel, which the narrative of the gospel is to take what's broken and make it whole. Mm -hmm. So it's natural that even with spiritual gifts, God's going to come in and say, all right, what are some of the natural giftings you have? Now I'm going to redeem those, change those, as you said, and make them whole. And I'm going to use them for my own for my own glory. I mean, that's really what was it? Second Corinthians eight is talking about being ministers of restoration. He takes our story and uses it to, to share with other people. And I think it's a, it also comes down to a misunderstanding of like 2 Corinthians 5. If any man is in Christ, is a new creation. 
Well, you're, you're a new creation. New is in the same kind as, not new as in like completely, you don't, our physical appearances don't change. Um, even our personalities don't necessarily change. I mean, they, they are what they are, is what's God given to us. But when you become a Christian, uh, there's a new responsibility, there's a new outlook, um, there's a new purpose behind those personalities and gifts and all of that. You become a new person from the inside out because the Spirit of God begins to, we call sanctification, right? Becoming more like Jesus, you become more like Him. Let me mention the gifts, all the gifts are seen in Jesus. I mean, that's every gift that is given, we can see in the person of Christ. When we use them for God's purposes, we are then for the good of others, to love other people, which you know, you'll get to in First Corinthians 13. When we use them to love people and love God with them, well, then we, we start showing Jesus to the world, right? And uh, so it's a very special way of taking those abilities and talents and changing them to be used as he does with our, our own personality, even our own stories, right? Mm-hmm. Our stories don't change when we become a, become a Christian, following follow Christ. Um, those, those stories are there, but now God redeems those stories. Now, now God uses those stories for his purposes, all the, the pain, the wounds, even the sin, vice, and all the things that we've done in our past. God can now redeem those things and use those, you know, for his purposes. So I think it's the same with kind of gifting and talenting that God does. Well, and this open but cautious view is one that you um, introduced last Sunday, but you didn't completely tease it out because you've got the rest of chapter 12 and then chapter 13 and all of chapter 14 that kind of continue to flesh that out. And so there, there are ways that we can talk about it, but probably the best thing to do is just hit pause, wait till next Sunday, We've got five weeks of this. Explain the next passage, the next, and by the time you get through three whole chapters of 1 Corinthians, Paul's kind of filled in a pretty robust view of that. Um, and it's, I appreciated, I guess, the way you were expository through the sermon and not trying to kind of stretch it out and jump ahead to things that hadn't come up yet. Um, and inevitably, well, I, gonna, st- I don't want to be... steal your thunder, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew you were. I mean, you're going to clarify it all in chapter 14. I mean, it's all yours. No yeah. questions. Well, no questions at all. When you said Jesus had all the gifts, I was waiting for you to tell us how he both spoke in tongues and interpreted them at the same time. Ooh, that's a good observation there. Very, very well. But done. I, I appreciate well, you leaving that to me so that I could then explain it. Yes, that you can explain that. <laughs> he did go off by himself and pray. We don't know what went on there. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, if people want to explore the gifts, um, we've talked about, uh, I think in the, in the worship guide, there's Tom Schreiner's book, Spiritual mm-hmm. Gifts. It's uh, pretty new and it's helpful. What other resources um, would you point people to as they're exploring this idea of spiritual gifts? There's one we have in the bookstore. It's a, almost like a booklet, really. Uh, it's called what, what Are Spiritual Gifts? And it's, I think it's put out by the PCA, uh, Presbyterian Church of America Publishing Company. I forget what, they, what their branch is called, but... Uh, I can't remember the author off the top of my head, but it's it's more of a booklet that kind of takes each of the gifts in the New Testament, eighteen to twenty of them, depending on how you you know put them together, and kind of explains each one as best you can. Which again is difficult because, as we said on Sunday, most of the time, uh, if not all the time, the gifts are just listed in a list. They are a list. They're not like here's this gift. And here's what that means. <laughs> so. Uh, it is difficult. It is a difficult subject. So the question that came in, very true. We resonate with that. It is a difficult subject for me. Yes, we agree. <laughs> it is a difficult subject. But as we talked about a few weeks ago, like with the head covering passages, every part of Scripture is inspired by God, and it's all profitable for us. And so we need to dig into it, wrestle with it, see what God wants to show us, instruct us with, 
um, and uh, it's there. So we're gonna we're gonna deal with it. Like I said, five weeks, we'll deal with it. Yeah. So, Eddie, Drew, you guys have any resources you would send people to? I'd say just hop on our website, find our ministries, and see where you can serve. Because if you don't know your spiritual gift, start serving, see what you like, see where you can be used in the local church. Yep, get moving. Just, no, do, just I, do something. Just That's do right. something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree with Drew. Uh, I think there's a reason why there's some ambiguity here, because we're supposed to search for the Holy Spirit's leading in this and not just check off a list. Not just kind of like, okay, what's step one, what's step two? So yeah, get out there and start doing stuff and just see how the Spirit leads you. Yeah, yeah just on Sunday, you, you may not even have tapped into the giftedness that God's given to you because you haven't taken the risk to step out and get involved in something that maybe is really uncomfortable to you that you get into and you realize, whoa, I, I like this, I'm good at this, uh, maybe get to this way, right? So you never know. Put yourself out there. Take some risks. It's good for you. <laughs> so we have some people serving in children's ministry. That was exactly their story. I said, kids are not my thing. I don't want to do that. I said, look, there's a significant need here. We'd ask you to give it a try. They hopped in and said, wow, I had never done this because it seemed scary and we actually love it. And they're experiencing joy in their ministry right now in ways that they just experienced from taking a step of faith and saying, I'm going to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. So uh, before we wrap up, anything else that uh, anyone want to add to the conversation? Stay tuned for the next few weeks. We're going to be uh, looking at this from all areas. Excellent. All right. Well, we hope this conversation has been helpful for you. You can always reach out to one of the pastors if you have any further questions. You have been listening to You Ask.